Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. Yes, that's the sound of the start of For Future Considerations, Episode 71. It's also the sound of the elastic band breaking on those sweatpants as we join you after Thanksgiving. (laughs) Boys, I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving or well-fed, well-taken care of. My name is Matt. Manny and John are here as well. Gents, how was the holiday weekend? It was good. I ate tons. Ate tons. Like, what do you have for Thanksgiving meals at your household? Like, I had turkey and ham and, like, mm. Portuguese sausage and spicy potatoes and stuffing and mashed potatoes and all the veggies. Like, what? what's a Thanksgiving meal at your place? Is it both turkey and ham? Well, you did it upright. My parents left town, so I didn't have a Thanksgiving dinner, actually. <laughs> Matt the orphan. <laughs> you had peanut butter and jelly so, sandwiches? Yeah, so I was going to have a... I was going to have a nice box of craft uh, KD, but uh, <laughs> luckily, luckily, my my girlfriend and her parents uh, were doing something. They were kind enough to invite me over, and yeah, it was the whole thing. It was turkey, ham, cheesy potatoes, cheesy nice. vegetables. Nice. There was like a shrimp pasta thing. Oh, uh, the, the rolls. Seafood. Oh yeah, blueberry crumble for dessert. Just just madness. It was fantastic. Amazing, John. Uh, Jill does turkey. Um, she doesn't like ham, so we don't do ham, but we did turkey. She does her mum's uh, stuffing. She has a family recipe, which is fantastic. And then sometimes we do mashed potatoes. Sometimes we do uh, boiled. So we did boiled with all kinds of butter and all that stuff. And then uh, carrots. And then she also does an apple crumble that is fantastic. So good. And then uh, butterscotch ripple ice cream on the top. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Yeah. Crumble is so underrated. Uh, yeah. Yes. Crumble yeah. is so good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, what do you think? Is it better than apple pie or not? I say yes. Ooh. You know, you know what? I, as long as so for me the crumble's got to be crispy. Not yes. not hard, but but crispy and like all of the extras like the extra sugar, you can taste the extra cinnamon and yeah, I'd take I would take it over apple pie. Yeah. So uh, we did have apple crumble for dessert as well as pumpkin pie. Like, mm. is do you have to have pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving? It seems like that's a rule. But I prefer the apple crumble. Yeah, I'm not a pumpkin pie person. I'm not pumpkin nothing. Pumpkin. You're not I'll, a pumpkin I'll, spice latte kind of guy, I'll, or no? You know what? I'll cut them up at the end of the month and make a face out of them, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's my extent oh, of pumpkin no. experience yeah yeah i'm not a pumpkin guy at all i think pumpkin is way overrated yeah well okay well you will have your choice i gotta get you guys to the pave household next time and we'll have a huge meal and you will have your choice of desserts uh to choose from in in the meal Oh, I got to tell you one thing. Guess who almost ruined Thanksgiving dinner at his house? Me. Because the night um, the night I bought the turkey, I was walking the dog. I was getting ready for the show. and had a whole bunch of other things going on. I go out to my car the next morning. Guess what's sitting in the back seat? The turkey. 
Oh, oh no! <laughs> yeah, so we had to throw that out, and I had to go find another turkey. I went to four different grocery stores, and luckily I found another turkey. Oh, man! <laughs> no shot. Yeah. It's a good thing you don't have kids. You leave them in the back seat. What a shot. <laughs> you left a turkey in the back? Wow. A shot. Yeah. Oh. How of, Jill puts up with this behavior. I don't is... know. Unbelievable. Speaking of turkeys, how was the James Bond movie? <laughs> <laughs> Was it good? Was you know it... what? You, you know what? Uh, to be critical of it, if you haven't watched all of the Daniel Craig movies and engrossed yourself in those, it's it's slower. It's very different than uh, than the other ones uh, that he did. Uh, now being a few days removed, I really don't think they could have done a better job. I think it was really. It was. I thought it was fantastic for the character. I thought the way that they 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 did that that film showed a lot more. Like it just kind of showed how that character's grown with him specifically over those those five uh, those five movies. I thought afterwards it was it was very well done, and it did not feel like two hours and forty three minutes at all. I was. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah, I had two questions. I was going to ask you about the length and if it felt mm. that long. Yeah. Secondly, do you have to watch the other Daniel Craig Bonds to watch this one? So you have to watch Spectre, which would have been the one before this one from 2015. You've got to watch that because there's tie-ins to that. Um, Christoph Waltz, who's the villain in Spectre, is also in uh, No Time to Die. So you do need to see that one for sure. The other ones, there's some references to it here and there a uh, few things that you catch by watching them that kind of put the whole picture together um i would suggest doing it but i'd definitely specter okay good to know i've seen specter so i think i'm good yeah but i didn't I, did, I haven't seen oh i can't even remember all the other movies but like I it's casino royale the, is the first one I've and seen there's some one. there's some references to uh couple of characters from casino royale in this one uh quantum okay. of solace was the one after that one skyfall specter no time to die so quantum of solace is probably the one that everybody wishes never happened it it sucked that's the um, one i haven't seen because yeah, everybody said it was brutal it. yeah it sucked yeah. but skyfall was good there's some tie-ins to skyfall to specter and there's quite a bit from specter to no time to die so if you're really okay. gonna if you really want to really be intrigued by it and, and kind of get the whole thing, you should watch Spectre 2. Okay, so if you have not seen the new Bond movie, Matt says go see it. And mm -hmm. then you can email us at forfutureconsiderations at gmail.com and let us know if you agree with Matt on his take for the Bond movie. Got it. My dad, my dad saw the Bond movie as well. He dragged uh, my parents or my mom and my brother to it, and uh, they all gave it a thumbs up as well. They really enjoyed it. They love oh. the Bond movies. Yeah. Okay. I know. Uh, I know of of uh, the younger uh, younger chap uh, who saw it, and he didn't like it. Um, he had not seen the other ones, so he didn't really get it. Like standalone, it probably would be a little bit tough to sit through, but you you get it when uh, when you've seen all of them. Did your girlfriend like it? She did, actually. 
Yeah, okay. she oh. liked it. She liked it quite a bit. She she as well said it didn't seem that long, which was huge. And uh, <laughs> like, uh, really? Like, no, neither of us had to go up and uh, and have a little pee break in the middle. Like, it just kind of it kind of moved through. And uh, and yeah, she was uh, she was impressed with it. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Okay, so let us know your takes on the new Bond movie too. Uh, the majority so far are in favor of the movie, which is a good sign. It's a good sign. You know, it's great to have junior hockey back again, boys. Matt's boys in Leamington off to a great start in the Greater Ontario Junior Hockey League. John and I are working in the OHL again. Isn't it great to be going back to a rink, boys? Oh, I love it. It's so nice to see a building filled with fans and seeing hockey in front of human beings. It's so good. Yeah, for sure. It's that that first night. I was able to actually just take a minute, and when you're walking into the building and checking in and all that stuff, it's always busy. You get everything set up, especially the opener and all that. But um, we've got a, a great bird's eye view up at the press box in uh, in Leamington, and uh, it wasn't a ton of people. Everybody's, you know, I'm sure kind of hesitant coming in to it and, and not knowing what to expect. But yeah, the sights and sounds and. Uh, that uh, auto, the ambient noise uh, of of people just kind of being there and not just the fake pumped in stuff. It's yeah. uh, it's a it makes a big difference. And the Ontario government has said that many arenas and sporting venues in the province can host a hundred percent capacity. Mm-hmm. So check your local rules, local health unit rules. But the majority of them are allowing full capacity as long as you're double vaccinated. So. Uh, go out, support your local team wherever you are. And if you're not vaccinated, get double vaxxed already and, and go watch a game, would you? And when you're not at the rink, uh, make sure you give us a listener. Maybe throw it on your iPod or whatever the heck you use in your car and listen to that as you're going to the rink. You can tune in the last week's episodes. Go back, listen to some of our hot takes. Man, we don't know what we're talking about, but it's <laughs> it's entertaining. Like It's 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 good stuff. I, you know. Uh, and then the OT episode is when we actually get some of the experts in here, and, and we had a great one last week. Yeah, one of the young stars of the OHL, Ethan Miedemov. The Windsor Spitfires, their first round pick in 2021. He joined us on the OT. He has a bright future ahead of him. Congratulations to Ethan. He's already scored his first ever Ontario Hockey League goal, so good for him. Yeah, good kid. And uh, also other previous episodes, uh, Mike Fuda now of the Carolina Hurricanes, Ethan Burroughs, Andrew Parrott of the Owen Sound Attack. Lots and lots of episodes to go back and take a listen to. Yeah, and when you're not listening to it in the car and you're sitting at home and you're watching hockey, follow us on the on the on the stuff on the social stuff. You can go on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram is where you're going to find us for future considerations on Facebook as well. We probably have highlights of the game that you're watching right now, but in the future, if you've got one of those games on, we may already have how it ends, saving some time. I love it, the social stuff. I love it. I don't know what any of this stuff is. Are we going to do this? Uh, what do we got now? The t- the TikTok and the smart. What's the what's the other one where where people send nudes to each other and they're only on there for five seconds? Snapchat? What's that one? Snapchat. Snapchat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna have a we have a podcast Snapchat. Hey, hey, nobody nobody wants to see that, brother. Nobody wants to see that. I love how Matt pretends he doesn't know. Oh, what's that thing called? I just don't yeah. know. What's the thing? <laughs> uh, what did he, what yeah. did he? 
Matt's got seven accounts. So, <laughs> so he's all over that. A burner phone for every uh, <laughs> unknown name. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Matt, what's that ringtone? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. That's the Snapchat. <laughs> I think there's a nipple. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. <laughs> Well, now to steer this car back on the road, we have plenty to debate on the show today. Yeah, keep us in between the lines, would you? Rashad's the so worst run. Rashad's the friend that's suggesting that we... He's egging us on to be like, okay, boys, let's let's relax here. But, uh, Matt, you don't know anything about social media. And, uh, Danny, I... But all, all, let's take it easy here, guys. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right, so let's start with hockey and the start of the NHL season. Nylander gets it in front of the net. Holland trying to get untangled. Puck rolls around. Matthews scores! Uh, what storyline are you guys most interested in to start this season? To start the season, for me, it's Seattle. Uh, and I want to see how they, they get started. I want to see how that team that they've put together now uh, compares, and, and I hate to be the, the guy that's going to say the same thing that everybody's going to say and compare to Vegas and, and see uh, how those uh, those teams kind of gel and, and what they do. Mark Giordano, former Own Town Attack, uh, the first captain in franchise history. Um, so I'm looking forward to some of those firsts, really, in the, the first game and, and the first uh, uh, couple of uh, you know, home games, records, all of that stuff as, as Seattle gets started for me. Yeah, that's that was mine too. I really want to see how competitive the Kraken are. The fact that they have five players on the COVID list to start the season, not a great sign. So that's that that's I have a top three. So Seattle is number one. How the COVID impacts the NHL season is number two. And you know, there's a tie in there with Seattle. Number three is I'm interested to see how this Eichel saga ends in Buffalo. Mm. You know, does Jack get traded this year or are they going to figure out, uh, are they going to find some common ground to uh, help repair and rehab his neck injury? Or is he going to get traded to somebody else and that's how he's going to get over this injury? Uh, that's what I'm really looking forward to. How about you, John? Um, yeah, the Kraken for me, I've actually been watching a few of their games. I think they're not going to be as good as Vegas was to start. Um, it looks to me like they're going to play a boring kind of defensive style of hockey. At least that's what I saw against um, the Vancouver Canucks when they were playing. The Canucks didn't really have their full regular season lineup, but the Kraken had uh, most of their players intact. And it looked like it was a pretty tough defensive kind of play that uh, we'll be seeing from them. But that was the preseason. Is that really a surprise, though? Like, you look at their goaltending, that's the strength of their hockey game, right? So... You know, you could argue that defense is going to be their strength, so they should try to open it up offensively um, instead of playing a defensive style of hockey. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, over the next few years if they add a little more offense as as we go along. But yeah, for this season, I'll be interested to see if they're uh, if they can find some offense in that lineup if somebody emerges. That'll be an interesting. Uh, Interesting thing to see, and I'm going to get to see a lot of them because now of the geographic rivalry with the Vancouver Canucks. So I'm going to get a front row seat to a lot of a lot of cracking games this year. I think. Do you hate them already, Rashad? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not yet, but I, okay. I do think it's going to happen. <laughs> 
So let's get everyone's predictions for the upcoming season on who will meet in the Stanley Cup final and who do you think will win the Cup? Wow. Well, I picked them last year to win the Cup and they failed me. But I've got the Colorado Avalanche going all the way to the Cup final and winning. But I have a problem with who they're going to face in in the East because I think the East is wide open. Um, there's a lot of good teams that could make it all the way to the final. Is this Boston's last hurrah um, with the talent that they have? Carolina seems to be on the cusp. Will the Toronto Maple Leafs ever win a round in the playoffs? Is this going to be their year? And something tells me that I think Toronto's going to have some success in the playoffs this year. They have to, because if they don't, they're going to have to clean some house there. I never underestimate the Leafs' ability to collapse and screw things up and lose a 3-1 series lead and uh, all of those types of things. So I think for me in the East, um, I'm picking the New York Islanders. And in the West, I'm picking the Colorado Avalanche. Rashad, you're a smart man. I don't care what anybody says. (laughs) You're a smart, smart man. I got the... I've got the New York Islanders winning the Stanley Cup this year. Oh, my God. Winning the Stanley Cup. I think Lou Lamorello is going to pull some stuff. I like the the guys that they got, the older guys that they don't have to depend on that are just good guys to have in that room, to have around some of those young guys. The goaltending has always been suspect there. I don't know how they get goaltending and, and how their goaltending has succeeded over the years that it has, but I think they they keep chugging away. They keep getting close. They keep getting close. I think this is the year they get over the hill. Okay, and who do they play in the final? Well, I'm glad you asked that, Manny. I'm, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I, I am going to go with the Winnipeg Jets. No, you're not. I'm going to say the New York Islanders and Winnipeg Jets will face off for the Stanley Cup final this year. Can you imagine Gary Bettman and all the heads in the NHL office? Oh, they'd be sick to their stomach. With the Islanders we might not even be able to air Jets. this episode because of this. <laughs> There's no way. No way. Although... You know, one of the teams that I thought about and I just would want to see them play a little bit more is the Rangers. Like, mm-hmm. where, do, where do you think the Rangers? Everybody's, you know, I think we talked about it last year. Are the Rangers going to get through because they have so much talent offensively? And you love Adam Fox, for example, on the back end there. Are they trophy gonna, winner, yeah. Are they going to get through? Like uh, they made, they added some jam, right? Ryan Reeves, Sammy Blaze, Barky, Barkley, Goodrow. Is that going to get them over the top and into the playoffs? And are they going to be a force? Um, what do you guys, what do you guys think about the Rangers? Uh, to me, the Rangers comes down to the youth, and I think we saw um, you know, that they are very talented. And I know we're going to talk about uh, Mika Zibanejad uh, a little bit later on. Um, you know, I, I think they've got some real nice pieces there, but I think it's just a little too spotty. And that's where Kako is going to have to step up. 
I know he's young, but that's where we're going to have to see Lafreniere step up. I think the the New York Rangers this year are going to go as far as those young kids are going to lead them, and and I don't know that they're there yet. So like when you look at that division, and you've got you know Carolina, the Stanley Cup champion Islanders, Philadelphia is I think is going to be pretty good this year. I'm one of the teams that I'm really looking forward to watching and seeing how they can put it together is the New Jersey Devils in that division. I think that might be a pretty difficult team to play. Maybe not successful as far as making the playoffs, but I do think they're going to be better than they have been for, for previous years. So are they a top four team in that division? I think absolutely. And I just think it's going to be a, a matter of time to see how some of these young kids play out for them. Yeah, like this is a big year for Kako, year number three, right? So yeah. I'm glad you said that. And I think if he has a great year, I think the Rangers make some noise. I think it's still a little bit early for Lafreniere to be considered a superstar, even though mm-hmm. he was a number one overall pick. But this is the year for Kako to get going. And if he doesn't, then there's going to be some issues in the Big Apple. One time shot, Suzuki, back in! That was Nick Suzuki's first ever NHL goal in October of 2019. He's now signed an eight-year, $63 million contract. Two other players have signed big deals. Alexander Barkov has signed an eight-year, $80 million deal with the Florida Panthers. And Mika Zibanejad has signed an eight-year, $68 million contract with the New York Rangers. Uh, Which deal do you guys think is the best? Kills me to say it. It really does bother me, and I I don't want to do it. I think the Mika Zibanejad deal is outstanding. I think the... What? (laughs) What are you talking about? I think he's a premier player. I think he's a 100-point scorer. I think he's the best that New York has, and they have to keep him to keep those young kids around. I like the deal of Mika Zibanejad staying with the Rangers and trying to build a little piece of, like we were saying, are they there yet? He's going to be the guy that that stirs the drink. It's going to be up to the young kids, but Mika's going to lead the way. He's the oldest of those three players that all signed eight-year deals. And you think that's the best deal? Come on. You can't believe that. (laughs) Zibanejad's 28. Barkov's 26. Suzuki, BDN, is 22. Come on. Look, look, I I think Nick Suzuki is is a good player. I think he's uh, I think he's a, a productive player. He, to me, you've paid him a little too soon for what he's done. You're paying him for uh, the the future as opposed to what uh, what he's actually produced as as a player. And I think that one more than anything else kind of handcuffs Montreal. It won't handcuff Montreal because they. They're going to have to shed some cap. Yes, they will. But they don't even have Shea Weber now coming back. Uh, they have that contract as it looks like he's going to retire. But a twenty, getting a 22-year-old on the cheapest of the three deals, Barkov's annual average per year, $10 million. Mika Zabinajad, $8.5 million. Big Dick Nick, $7.8 million. That's a steal. Boys, in this day and age, he's going to live up to this contract because A, Nick Suzuki is not that 
kind of player who's going to get paid and then just watch from the sidelines. And B, you're going to have a full season with him and Cole Caulfield playing together. Their numbers are going to go through the roof. This is an excellent deal for the Montreal Canadiens. And that's why Suzuki's deal wins out. Uh, Barkov, he's playing with Hubido, right? Zabinajad is playing with Panarin. They're good deals. Barkov's going to be making $10 million an annual average till he's 36. Don't know about that. Yeah, I'm not wild about the Barkov deal. But yeah. when you talk about, yeah, he's playing with, with Panarin. He's also going to be playing with Barkley Goodrow. He's also going to be playing with Kako. He's going to be playing with Lafreniere. You mentioned Cole, Cole Caulfield. To be honest with you, Manny, there ain't anything else in that cupboard. There, the, that that sure cupboard is to dry up fast in Montreal. About? Tyler Toffoli, Josh Anderson. No problem who you put on the other wing, man. We got two good wingers, man. You know, don't worry about it. It's a great he's actually, deal. He's actually pounding the desk. This is the most animated I've seen Mandy in a while. I, you've got a 22-year-old <laughs> star player who led your team in scoring the last two playoff rounds, one of which was all the way to the Stanley Cup final. And you don't think getting him under a team-friendly contract at the cheapest of the three deals that John asked us about is not a good deal. Silence speaks volumes, and you guys are all out to lunch. You've eaten way too much turkey to even think. Of, <laughs> where, where are we? To even think logically about this situation. So you're paying the kid way too soon. You don't have to pay. He him right led now. your team in playoff scoring in the last two years. Yeah, that's fine. Well, you're not paying him but early. He led your team How in scoring much? all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Get off, John. What else you got going on? <laughs> I don't want to even talk to this clown. How much was left on his con on his deal before he signed this one? Yeah. This is a smart deal for the Montreal Canadiens because he could have had 80 points playing with Cole Caulfield today, and then the price would have gone up. You saw what Vowell signed up for, Mika Zabinijad, eight and a half million. Like, come on, this is a great deal. Eight and a half million for a guy that, that has 435 career points, 200 goals in his career already, and is not playing on a very good team and hasn't played on a very good team, but has the kids that are coming through the ranks now. When you're looking at Mika Zibanejad's deal, at the four-year mark of that deal, that's when, for the, the Rangers' sake, that's when Kako should be good. That's when Lafreniere should be good. And you still got four years after that. The problem with Nick Suzuki is in four years, Montreal's going to have him, Cole Caulfield, and they're to, who knows where they're going to pull some of these guys from. And the bottom pat, end of that deal is what's going to kill him. You just said it. No, you're going to have to pay Lafreniere. You're going yeah, you to have to pay, pay him yet. But you will in four years' time. You just said in four years' time. You're going to have to pay them in four years' time. Yeah, and because Zibinijad in four years' time is going to be 32 years old. That's not He's right. already old. 
That's a young man's game. It's a no, young yeah. man's game in the NHL. I had turkey and you just this had is, boxes of wine. Listen to you. This, this is unbelievable. This isn't the NHL from 20 years ago. This isn't your dad's NHL where the your prime of your career is when you're 30, 31. You're in the prime of your career when you're 25, 26 years old. Zabinajad is 28 already. He's going to be using his stick to use it as a cane to keep up with all the young kids four years from now. Wow. So take that. <laughs> Come on, John. Don't you have anything to add to this? He likes the pork off the elk. Can you believe <laughs> Are you out of your mind, Rashad? If you don't say anything, you like the Barkov deal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I kind of, I kind of thought the Suzuki deal was a good deal, but ah, boy, uh, get the tape rolling on that. Although I'm not nearly as passionate about it as Manny is. <laughs> So now it's time for our play of the week, <laughs> picked by you, our listeners, and our social media followers. And uh, the winner this week is from the NHL, even before the start of the regular season. Red Wings take advantage of that, clear the puck back into the Blue Jacket zone. Patrick Line will carry. Line weaves it through, gets through the defense, walks in, and he Patrick Laine with an end-to-end rush for the Columbus Blue Jackets against the Detroit Red Wings, picked by you, our listeners, as our play of the week. Guys, what did you think? How does a preseason goal win the play of the week? (laughs) Because it's Patrick Laine. Because he dangles? Because it's a sick goal. But he dangles against the Detroit Red Wings Junior C squad. None of those guys are going to make the NHL team. It's preseason. How can you not... How can you not pick the Haskins hurdle to win it? I'm disappointed. You got me all fired up about the NHL contracts, and it's just continued on. And our list, uh, you're disappointed in our listeners, is what you're saying. I'm disappointed. Our listeners, you are disappointed. I'm, I'm disappointed in the voters on Twitter. I know that people who are listening to this podcast right now are like, yeah, I should have voted in the poll. He's right. How does a preseason goal win the play of the week? Let's roll that back. Manny does not think you are a smart audience. That is what I heard. That's not what I said. Stop (laughs) twisting my... That is what I heard. You guys are out to lunch or breakfast What did you vote for? Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, you know what? I actually forgot to vote. Oh, oh, my, God. oh my God! Oh, no. Oh, no. Come on! The Rashad, on Friday. See you later. You're, Rashad, your vote could have put Haskins' hurdle over the top. <laughs> I'm sorry. There was turkey and... Men and women fought for our country to give you an opportunity to vote. Oh, I was going to quickly open another tab and pick an answer, and I didn't have time. So uh, I had to come clean. <laughs> you 
unlike some people, can join us in our Twitter poll. Every week on Mondays, we post it. You can watch the videos. We conclude it the next day. If it's John, maybe come around to it, you know, after you walk the dog or you've had your sixth serving of stuffing or you have nothing else to do. You're done looking at barstool smoke shows. Go on and vote. Go on and vote on Twitter and Instagram. Podcast FFC uh, for future considerations on Facebook as well. The friends that we rely on, our producer, our co-host doesn't even vote. The guy that we golf with in Kingsville votes a week later on the poll. Like, what's going on? Our play of the week brought to you by London Awnings. Quality that shows. I know Christina and Dennis voted. Okay, so did you ask them over Thanksgiving? Are they still getting calls from all over the place? I did. And yes, they are. So this is hilarious. If you're in the London area, call London Awnings. They will set you up beautifully. But if you're, it's almost like it's in the name. But if you're listening in the GTA, and we love you guys in the GTA, thank you for listening. And thank you for trying to call our sponsors and see if they will hook you up. But I'm sure there is another great awning company in your neighborhood that can do the work. But thank you for soliciting up, her sponsors. Look up Punxsutawney Awnings in case you're in Punxsutawney, PA, and need your awning fixed. But if you're in London, Ontario, I would assume they would they do St. Thomas? Would they do Albert? Yes, they, they, they even go to Grand Bend. Dennis was so in Grand G, Bend this the week. GLA, the GLA yeah. is where they'll do it. Yeah, London Awnings. They go to Grand Bend to St. Thomas uh, and surrounding area. They will do the London area Strathroy if you want. I'm I'm just waiting for somebody from London, England to listen and call them <laughs> and see how that goes. That's going to be a disappointing, expensive call for somebody. <laughs> the poor person that answers the phone is, yeah, um, I mean, we can book for November. Uh, no, no, hoping you could be here Thursday. Oh, if you can understand them, I, I really want that conversation to be recorded. <laughs> and now let's move on to the baseball playoffs. How have you guys found the postseason to be so far? Uh, for the most part, I think the games have been very entertaining. Mm-hmm. No? And, su- and surprising. I, th- I think the, that uh, you know, we, we talked about predictions at the beginning of the playoffs. I think there there definitely been some surprises. There's been some standout players that, of course, every playoff, you, you don't expect to have uh, these particular players come up, but those are the ones that kind of you know, show up in the, in the playoffs when it matters. You know, uh, Kiki is, uh, is the hottest player in baseball right now. Who would have ever suggested that going into the postseason and, and what they were able to do to, to Tampa Bay? Um, yeah, I mean, they there's, there's surprises abound for sure, but I think the first round has been great. And it, to me, it's, it's starting to fall a little bit more – for me in love with that first round being a best of five. I, I love that it's short. I love that every game is so significant of how easily you can lose home field advantage and, and back and forth. I, I, I really do like that first round being a best of five. 
Yeah, I have to say I uh, talked my wife into watching some baseball on, I guess, Thanksgiving Monday. And unfortunately, we uh, picked the uh, 3 nothing Braves-Brewers game, which is probably the dullest game of the postseason so far. <laughs> but uh, other than that, I've really liked the games. I thought they've been really, really exciting. The Rays, Red Sox, I mean, even though Boston won that 3-1, um, I still think that was, a, that was a fun series to watch. Yeah, like uh, I was... Um watching that Tampa-Boston game where Tampa put five up on Chris Sale in the first inning and lost. Yeah. Right? And the Red Sox clobbered them. There's something magical about Boston. Uh, But I know we talked about it in last week's podcast about the Houston Astros Mm -hmm. getting to the World Series again. And, And they looked really good against the White Sox. Again, we talked about it last week that we thought Chicago's pitching uh, had failed them down the stretch and it came through in flying colors in the playoffs. Yeah, it definitely did. And I, I do really look forward to that American League Championship Series. I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know where I stand on the Houston Astros Revenge Tour, um, but I, uh, I do want it to, it to happen to the, to the extent that it can. I want to get your opinion on something else, too, uh, with the, the baseball playoffs. I don't get it, and I don't know why it happens, but what do you guys think of the celebrating in between rounds like baseball does you know they win the game they run out they they jump around in the field they go into the locker room there's t-shirts printed for this they do the champagne showers and all that where like in in comparison like you know you you do it in, in the nhl you shake hands and then you go into the room and then you get ready for the next one right i i've never gotten it and to me it just looks it just looks kind of literally yeah, I don't. I don't mind the celebration on the field. You want a series, right? Like they do that in hockey. Use the hockey reference, but the champagne in the dressing yeah. room, like you haven't won anything. Yeah, like, uh, that that gets me a little bit. And and the fact that yeah, you so you won the ALDS, right? In the grand scheme of things, is that the banner that you want to hang in your stadium after the season? No, you want the World Series. So the champagne showers in the in the dressing room, I'm I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah, to me, you don't drink champagne until you've done it all. That's when you break out champagne. It's when there's nothing more to do. You've accomplished everything you set out to do. To me, breaking out champagne when the job is a quarter or a third of the way done, that's not the time. Yeah, agreed. And then Manny, you make a good point for the first time in the show talking about the the banners <laughs> and. and you know, you win the first round. So let's just say Boston wins the first round. They lose to Houston in the next round. What in Fenway Park are you putting up to remember this season? Nothing. This Absolutely not what, nothing. You, th- you listen to Boston Sports Radio. Do you think there is a single person that went, oh, as long as we get the American League Championship Series, I'd be pretty excited. Get lost. Seriously, and if a fan tells you that, you probably smack them in the face, right? Yeah. If, if you're another fan, like the one thing that intrigues me, because we've talked about this on the podcast before, is how long the baseball games have been. Mm-hmm. Now, do you guys care about the length because it's the playoffs now and they mean that much more? Like I'm, I, I've said this on the podcast before. If the game means something and there's some high drama, I don't mind the baseball games going a little bit longer. I don't know what you guys think about that. Um, I agree with that. I think when it's playoffs and um, there's the tension, um, I'm all about a longer game. But it's it's those games in June or July 
when you're watching a three hour and 45 minute game that you're going really Mm-mm. yeah the game on may 26th like, yeah come on <laughs> yeah 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 the well i mean just as a reference braves pirates uh would have been tuesday night braves win to win the series five four game three hours and 53 minutes i mean i'm okay with the fact that that game started at five o'clock and and uh, you know it was still really not intrigued intruding on my my evening but you know, the Dodgers-Giants is the series that I've been looking forward to. I really haven't watched much past the fourth or fifth inning because I, I got kids that are waking up the next morning and they don't care when I went to bed. So, yeah, yeah that's that's been a struggle for me still. I really don't like how long it takes, and, and I love the tension of baseball, and I love uh, the, the pitch-by-pitch and, and how every pitch changes the at-bat, changes the game, all of that. But man, like, can you just get the ball back and just throw it again? Because it's just lo- the more intense the moment, the longer that pitcher gets to just kind of take their hat off and wipe their head and spin the ball around and shake the signs from the catcher. And like, that's the part that kills me. To me, it's the batter, too. How many times do you have to step out of the box and unvelcro your glove and waggle the bat and step back in? And, ugh. Yeah. Uh, is th- is there even a pitching clock in the playoffs? Like I don't. Is there a pitch clock in the playoffs? I don't even know. Because sometimes never seen it, it used. Doesn't, like it doesn't. It doesn't seem like there is. So no, no. I've never seen it used in the regular season or called in the regular season. They, they sure aren't going to bring it out in the playoffs. The other baseball story I wanted to ask you guys about is the idea of the Tampa Bay Rays splitting their season between Tampa Bay and Montreal. What do you guys think of the idea? Is it even plausible, or are they just? doing this to get a new stadium yeah like listen i'm i'll be the first in line to tell you that i would love to see baseball again in montreal because i think that would be fantastic um but i think this is just a ploy by the ownership to try to get a new stadium in the downtown core in tampa to ensure that they can fill their new stadium and they can make some money i legitimately do not think that this is going to happen Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's going to happen. And I think it's kind of a cruel thing to do to Montreal fans because I think there are legitimately people in Montreal who really think this is going to happen and are really hoping. And after the way the Expos left to do this to fans in Montreal again, I just think it's it's so tacky and tasteless. You know, I find it interesting. I'm reading a book right now, a Jonah Carey book called The Extra 2%. That's basically uh, how the Tampa Bay devil rays were built and how their mindset changed and and when they bring in guys like matt silverman and and some of these other front office people that were more of the analytics side of things than than not and when they talk about these teams coming to tampa uh and trying to find a team uh you know it's one thing that uh that doesn't get mentioned enough is that that stadium was built well before tampa bay even had a team and they were the team that or the city or the area whatever that the Minnesota Twins used to lobby a, a new stadium. The Oakland Athletics, the Detroit Tigers are mentioned in there. Like all of these teams uh, were saying, well, I mean, if we don't get a new stadium, we're going to start looking at, at St. Petersburg. We're going to start looking at, at Tampa. And now Tampa is doing the same thing outwardly back to, well, we, we might look uh, somewhere else. We might go and, and do this. And I, and I think the one thing that, that Tampa does not have in this argument, whether it's the you know the political backing or what that looks like, I really don't think the fans care. I really don't think that ultimately 
if the Tampa Bay Rays were to pick up and move, I don't think it's really going to have that much of an impact. So you can you can say you're going to do this, you can cry wolf on this and that or whatever, but really, when you look at the, the history now of this team, not just when they're bad, but when they're good, there's not a lot of people there that really care uh, as far as season ticket numbers and, and attendance. So I think this is kind of goofy on Tampa Bay's part. I think they look out of the, the groups. I think they look bad in the sense that, you know, we're, you're threatening to leave, but it doesn't seem like anybody really cares if you do. And guys, I also wanted to ask you about the big news with the Raiders. John Gruden resigning as head coach after derogatory comments made in emails about Commissioner Roger Goodell and the head of the Players Association and um, some other questionable things in there, uh, racism and all sorts of other things dating back five to ten years. What do you guys think of that situation? Well, to me, it's disappointing that it's taken this long. Um, uh, you know, when you go back at some of the emails and and some of the things that were sent around and said, and some of the names, I, I had to look up some of the names because they're either not involved in the league in that capacity, or they're not involved in the league at, anymore at all because uh, some of those things did take place uh, a long time ago. And I feel like this is kind of the the dirty little secret, or one of the dirty little secrets that the league probably held under its hat for a little bit. Um, knowing that there's this many comments and these many emails and, and all of that. And I think now that these articles came out uh, originally for, for a, a completely different story uh, or starting out of a different story, I don't think the league has a choice, but I'm interested to see what the league does with this, what Roger Goodell does the, with this. I'm disappointed again, that Las Vegas allowed him to resign. Um, I don't think that's, the right step i think he they need to come out and say he's fired he is not an employee here anymore not the resigning and i i don't want to take a distraction away from the team but you know i feel i'm sorry i, I didn't mean to hurt anybody um i i think to me, to me I, I don't know if this gets um tossed around enough but this there should be a, a, a ban in place here this is like a a four to five year john gruden is not allowed to be affiliated with the nfl I don't know when people are going to learn that when you write an email, you have to pretend everyone is going to read it. You have to pretend like you've put it up on the bulletin board in the clubhouse or somewhere where everybody in the organization can see it. Because how many times does this happen to people, both in professional life and in professional sports, where you send an email and it comes back to haunt you? I don't, I don't know why. Number one, you shouldn't have those thoughts anyway in this day and age. But then number two, to actually send them to other people where it could very easily be brought back at any point in the future. It just boggles my mind. Now, I just found it interesting the way that the league found this out, right? They were doing an investigation into the Washington football team. Bruce Allen, one of the management executives with Washington, also had a relationship with John Gruden dating back to their time together with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that's every every email that Bruce Allen had as part of this Washington investigation was was investigated by the NFL, and therefore John Gruden's responses were found. I, I just find that part fascinating, and also find that Bruce Allen is a bit of a dick and shouldn't be involved <laughs> in the NFL ever, ever again. Um, if we didn't know that already, but all the problems with Washington and Bruce Allen. That seems to be a no-brainer. There's no place in any 
professional sport league for what John Gruden said about um, about gay people, about black people, um, about the commissioner, period. So there's no place for any of those conversations to be had in a major sports league or in society in general. Let's think about that. I agree with Matt. Again, it's the first time ever that he said something even coherent in this ever. ever ever he says that i agree with him that there should be a ban in place and there probably is going to be an unwritten rule that john gruden will never be hired again in the national football league the fact that he resigned helps the raiders because now they don't have to pay him his 10 million dollars a year for the next six years because he signed a 10-year deal and he was only in year number four so that actually helps the Raiders. Like the fact that the Raiders owner has not come out and faced the media in a news conference to address this situation and all he did was release a two-line statement is also very disappointing. Are you ready? And now it's time for Rapid Fire, and we have a question from Mark in Tonawanda, New York, just outside of Buffalo, talking about the NFL. Mark sent us an email on Monday after the Buffalo Bills beat the Kansas City Chiefs. He wants to know if Buffalo is now the team to beat in the AFC. Tonawanda? We got fans in Tonawanda? (laughs) Tonawanda Awnings. Check it out. Tonawanda (laughs) Awnings. If you need any sort of awning or anything like that, leave London Awnings alone. For, for if you want to awning in Tana one. Sorry. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Hey, Mark, Mark, by the way, vote in our Twitter poll next time, would you, brother? Um, listen, I think Buffalo is the team to be. Like, Kansas City's defense is terrible. Like, if you didn't know that after the Eagles put up uh, some big... The Eagles did not punt against Kansas City. They still <laughs> lost the game, but they did not punt. Buffalo's got a better defense and a better offense, and they really outplayed Kansas City. I think Buffalo's the team to beat in the AFC. I don't think you can pick a team to beat in week five uh, uh, coming up off of what the the Kansas City Chiefs have done. Sure, there's going to be a hangover, and, and we expect that to come now after a couple of outstanding seasons from Patrick Mahomes and, and from that team. But I'm not taking the Buffalo Bills going in there and, and winning again impressively, absolutely. But in week five, no, no, no. You're, the, the team to beat is still the team to beat. And we talked about it. How are you going to pick a team outside of Tampa Bay and Kansas City in the uh, preseason when we started talking about NFL predictions? Buffalo's not slipping in there after a win in week five. But you don't think Kansas City, do you think they can fix their defense before the end of the season? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so either. I, I think they've got some holes. I. I don't. Patrick Mahomes has not played very well or up to what he we can. So maybe that's the that's the difference. Maybe that just more offense is going to supplement a, a bad defense. I, I'm not sure, but I mean we've added an extra week in here. There's still 12 weeks left in the NFL regular season. Way too early to pick somebody other than the best team in the conference coming in. Uh, there's a lot of football for sure. The Brooklyn Nets announced on Tuesday that Kyrie Irving will not play or practice with the NBA team until he could become a full participant. He's not received a COVID-19 vaccine. What do you guys think of the Nets' decision? 
I don't think they really had a choice. Really, if 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 he can't even practice or play in New York, which is your home state, how can you allow him to play in your team going forward? I don't think the Nets really had a choice here. They had to do this. They had to make a stand. And they had to get on with their team and their season in preparation. You can't just prepare every night. Oh, we have Kyrie this night, but we don't have Kyrie the next night. No, that's not how a team works. No, I mean, that's not how a team works if you're talking about the ninth or tenth guy down the bench, let alone let alone Kyrie Irving. I, I really don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to consider trading him because there's going to be value there, obviously. There's probably somewhere that will take him or that he'd be able to play all the games or, or whatever it would be. Uh, I don't know the situation in every state and, and what those rules look like uh, for, for different NBA teams. I know the vaccine thing is in, in place, and we'll see how uh, enforced that, that is. The fact that he'd still be able to play some of these games obviously means that there's, there's some leeway there. I'd look at trading him. I mean, that team is, again, they're not getting any younger, and they're built to win right now. And he's a big part of that. If he's not going to be there at all or half the time, there's somebody out there that's got a lot more value that maybe isn't Kyrie, but you get a couple of guys that uh, that can play around them. And uh, I think you're way better off for it. Chris in Guelph is a big OHL fan. He sent us a DM on Twitter. He wants to know who we think will be the teams to beat in the OHL this season. It's still a little bit early for me to figure this out. Um as teams are still trying to figure it out. You know, I talked to a number of coaches and GMs. They're preaching patience. The, you know, they, they want to find out what their team has, what their team is. Um, you know, I look at Kingston. They beat Ottawa 8-1 on opening night, and then they lost 7-2 to Mississauga, and then 3-2 to that same Ottawa team. Um, you know, London looks good. They got a really good goalie in Brett Brochu. Um Windsor, everybody says they're in the top 10 in all of Canada, let alone the OHL. But I think their back end needs a little bit of work. Uh, Barry's been missing Brent Clark. I still think there's another question marks with all these different teams. Yeah, I, I just I don't have an answer, honestly. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we we talked about teams to beat and, uh, you know, I had said London and I had said Kitchener. To assess them after three games is, is virtually impossible, especially this year. And now it's time for Pump It or Dump It. Jill from Kirkland Lake says she's a faithful listener and she knows we've already offered our feedback on Fancy Like by Walker Hayes. We loved it, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard, that, I've heard that song once and I've heard it once in my entire life. And that was uh, when we did this. And, and then, no, that's all right. And now look, it's like Mike Myers. It's coming back again. <laughs> that's right so uh, episode 50 is where you can find our expert opinions but now Jill wants to know if our opinions are any different with the new remix of the song with Walker Hayes and Kesha would you like Natty in the styrofoam squeaky squeaking in the trumpet all the way home some Alabama jamma she my Dixieland delight that's how we do how we do fancy like me so guys pump it or dump it this time Back to episode 50, eh? Like, I think I was the only one who said I liked it. We were just kids, eh? Just pups back in episode 50. (laughs) Episode 50. Young and wide-eyed. And And shot had hair. (laughs) (laughs) Now we got some turkey in us. I like like the original. I don't don't know if I like Kesha doing this remix, guys. 
I liked Kesha when she first got started. I think she's she's kind of cool. Uh, I, I liked some of her songs. I saw her live at the, the really. The, uh, oh yeah, at Caesars in Windsor. I saw her live. Yeah, she put on wow. a pretty pretty entertaining show. Uh, she was she was pretty good. But man, this song is garbage. This is you're you're taking like how are you taking a bad country song and just adding some non bad or some bad non country to it and. and equally bad yeah she's not even a country artist what no. what what color was her hair in windsor when you saw her i think she was still blonde she was still a blonde and this was uh well, she was just on the on the, the champions tour of all the hits that she had but champions man <laughs> she had some she had some great songs she had some good songs and she was unique live for sure i had uh john John, do you like Kesha in blonde hair or the dark hair in this video? Yeah, I think definitely. I'm usually not a blonde guy, but um, I think Kesha looks better with blonde hair than she does in this video. Oh, my God. <laughs> she does not look good. Do you like Do you like the remix with her? No, no. I think it's terrible. Yeah. Lipstick on a pig, this song. It's like you can't do anything to save this song. This song is so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Sorry, Jill. It's terrible. <laughs> Kirkland Lake, huge, huge fans of the show too. In Kirkland Lake, Rashad, you, you're really you're breaking hearts here. <laughs> Doesn't even vote in the poll. Hates Kirkland Lake. Hates the tragically hip. Uh, that's gonna come back to haunt you every single uh, time. Every time. Yep. Oh, man. Well, that does it for Rapid Fire. Now that Matt has thrown me under the bus yet again about the tragically hip. <laughs> I liked it another great show, boys. Way to go. Hey, we're, we're just getting started, though, right? Yes, and uh, the second episode of this week coming out on Friday. We are going to be joined by a Hall of Famer. Our first Hall of Famer, I guess this would be, would it not? Yeah, it would be, yeah. Bob Elliott, Hall of Fame sports writer, to talk a little baseball. He is one of my favorite writers, and he's always so entertaining. So if you haven't heard Bob in an interview, make sure you listen to this show coming up. It's going to be great. And remember to go back and listen to our previous episodes with great debates and great conversations with our guests as well. Yeah, remember to follow us on social media as well, Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. The poll comes out on Monday. Vote on Monday. <laughs> and Monday. Monday. It's the first day of the week, unless it's a holiday like this week. Uh, Monday is the first day of work. And for future considerations on Facebook as well. On Monday. <laughs> Rashad, it's Monday. Monday. Okay. And don't forget to email us your questions and comments at forfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. We want to thank our sponsors on the podcast. If you're listening from the London area, go check out London Awnings, quality that shows. And Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor. He specializes in sports training and nutrition, and Shane will travel anywhere for the right price. <laughs> John, keep us on the rails. Keep us between okay, the okay. lines. Keep us between the lines. Remember to tune into the OT, and uh, thank you again for listening to Four Future Considerations. <laughs>
And that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful, their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage! And the editor that let it come out is garbage! You're still here? It's over. Go home.